The Rough Drafts Podcast is sponsored by Unicorn.com, the world's premier esports betting site. Bet on your favorite games like CSGO, Dota 2, and League of Legends and earn Unicorns through successful bets or use Unicorn's exclusive Connect program where you can earn Unicorns just by playing some of your favorite games. Use your earnings to enter Unicorn's raffles for exciting prizes like Logitech peripherals or CSGO skins. So join Chase and Walter and prove who really is the esports gambling expert. Unicorn.com. Log on today. Hello, Internet! This is Chase Redshirt King Wassenaar, and welcome to day four of our North American LCS team by team preview podcast. We have done three teams already. We talked about TSM, we talked about our good friends over at Team Dignitas, the 76, the newly uh, bought out by the 76ers, Dignitas, and we talked about Cloud9 yesterday, and today. Uh, I am joined by my good friend, Walter Cietes Fedchuk, to look at a very different kind of team. Walter, how are you doing, man? Oh, this team is so different. <laughs> it is. It is so, so different. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not excited about this team. Well, uh, minor, minor excitement about one, one player. We'll, we'll see how he plays. But other than that, um, yeah, this is pretty, pretty lackluster in my opinion. It's, worse than Cloud9, I'd say. <laughs> I think worse than Cloud9 is something that uh, I, I think can describe a lot of uh, of teams that we haven't gotten to yet. But <laughs> this particular team we're talking about is Team Envious. Uh, they were sixth place in the regular season last split. Uh, they made it to the quarterfinals and got destroyed uh, 1-3 by uh, Cloud9. Uh, made it to regionals. They beat uh, Arc Seconds version of Team Liquid. Which is still one of the weirdest sentences I've ever had to say. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then got uh, completely uh, 3-0 blanked by Cloud9. Uh, yeah. They did make some changes this offseason. We do not know who their head coach is at the time of recording. We have decided to proceed anyway under the clause that it probably doesn't matter. Uh, this team's going to have other issues outside of their coaching that are likely to have more of an impact. Uh, Seraph uh, is still their top laner. Ninja is still in the mid lane. And Hakuo is still their support. Uh, their AD carry is Apollo, who played for Apex last split. So basically, Dignitas and Envious just traded AD carries accidentally. And Lyra, the jungler from Africa, one of the victims, one could say, about the Korean unexodus, uh, he fa- has now found a home with this Envious roster. So, Walter, you've now got a chance to look at these changes and really thought about them for a while. Overall, uh, good off season, bad off season, middling. Where do you, where do you put these guys? Bad, bad off season. This was a mediocre team last split. They got into the playoffs because of the, uh, the bad play of, of some other teams. I thought there were other teams at that time that were going to be slightly better. Team Liquid was pretty bad at that time. Uh, thought Echo Fox would be a little bit better. Thought P One maybe if they hadn't had visa issues early on with Inori. Um, they could have figured that stuff out. I, 
I just don't think that this team is anything more than mediocre. They just read like an eighth place team to me. Seraph is not a top five top laner in, in North America. Ninja, I am hard pressed to say, even deserves to be playing in a professional league at this point. He's just very middling. He just doesn't have a very high ceiling. And I think that's the definition of the majority of the players on this team. You know, when we look at who they had, Proxen, you know, was coming from playing in like the LJL and, and, you know, not very high up leagues. And sure, you can get some players. We look at Crown for for Samsung coming out of Brazil, uh, being a Korean, you know, import in Brazil and then coming back and then having a, you know, a spectacular season on Samsung. That can happen, but just the ceiling on this team is just so low. Um, you know, when, when we look at the players from last year that stayed, Seraph, Ninja, and Hakuo, Hakuo has the highest ceiling out of those three, I think. Because he hasn't been playing as long as the other two. Seraph, we kind of know who Seraph is. Ninja is proven now we know who he is. Hakuo, there's still some unknown. There's still a chance that maybe he springs up. I just remember, um, you know, when he's playing with Renegades after Remilia left, he was a, a decent. He kind of fit with Freeze. And there were some moments where the two of them uh, had some synergy and got along. And then there were moments like the Dignitas Renegades game where, you know, just weird suicide deaths to Towers and to... Rift Herald and just really stupid, bizarre stuff there. Um, so when I look at the imports, Apollo is a downgrade. I'm going to call him the poor man's Lod because Lod is the rich man's Apollo for, <laughs> for Dignitas. And Lyra, Lyra is interesting. Um, more so, I think every other position just got filled and he didn't want to play in Korea anymore. He wanted some of that sweet, sweet North American money. And Envious was really the only spot that was open anymore. Uh, when you think that Chaser ended up going to Dignitas and Dardock filled in for Immortals when they got Flame, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So um, overall, not excited about this roster. I guess they have the the triple Korean synergy that worked out so well for them last split, especially at the beginning of the split. But I just think that the ceiling is just not very high on all five of these players. Yeah, it's it's funny when you mention triple Korean synergy, just explicitly because we saw what happened last split and honestly it's it's hard to look at the collapse that envious had because yes they were in sixth place and yes they went eight and ten overall uh as a regular season record but let's not forget they started the season five and one and their one loss was to immortals they were at one point the second place team in the league through three weeks and then they just got destroyed they, they, you know, five and one start to three and nine in their last 12 series. That is a collapse. That is the 2015 Falcons collapse. And that's the reference I'm going to make as a Falcons fan because it's the reference I have to make. So I, I honestly felt like they needed to make more moves as well. The one move they did make, and, and you brought this up, the former Africa jungler, a guy who you could argue, did he chase the money or did, were there just not enough spots for him with all these junglers returning home? Yeah. I'm not sure. Uh, you can make a case in either direction. But no matter which case you make, I think it's safe to say that Envious fans are very excited to have him. Uh, what are your thoughts, Walter, when you look at what he's was able to do in Korea and how he should fit in with this new Envious roster? I think he 
paired very well with Africa with the rest of the players outside of Mickey. Mickey always felt like he was kind of the the player on the outside looking in on that roster. He was the the ultra aggressive one, the superstar mechanical, while the rest of the team wanted to play a very um, organized, roaming, macro kind of style. And I think that actually fits with with Seraph and Ninja. There were times where Proxen, uh, I remember just last year, we were always talking about the three-man roam squad, the three-man roam squad. They're constantly moving around the map, and, and that's what they did. Um, and when they were very successful at it, it was at the beginning of the split when Proxen was able to play champions he was very good at. We're talking about Kindreds, we're talking about Graves. Uh, and then as you know, people kind of figured out, like, hey, Seraph is off the map. He's probably, with Proxen, about to gank mid lane, mm-hmm. you know, warded much better. Um, that helped. I don't think they're going to have that type of synergy again this split. I think everyone's already figured out, like, hey, this is what Envy is trying to do. They're going to do these three-man Korean gank squads. Got it. And I think teams are just going to read it like a book at the beginning. Um, what he does add, I think, is a little bit more mechanical prowess than Proxen. He does add, a, you know, a slightly different kind of... Uh, play style in the jungle in terms of his ganking paths, in terms of uh, his rotations, in terms of which lanes he prioritizes. Um, He does not prioritize top lane. He's primary a mid lane priority kind of guy and bot lane. So Seraph may have some problems because he really is super jungler dependent, really needs to get a big lead coming off of his jungler. Um, We'll probably see more in terms of that jungle... um, Jungle Gravity, I think, is what the the LOL Esports team calls it, where he'll be sucking more of Lyra towards the top. And while I think that you know is good for Seraph, and that actually bodes pretty well for uh, the bot lane, Apollo was pretty used to not playing with a jungler on the Apex roster. Shrimp was definitely more of, I'm just going to keep invading and putting down wards and playing around Keen and playing around my top laner. Uh, so I don't think that'll affect them, but I think it will affect Ninja, because Ninja was fairly reliant on Proxen. Um, last split for him to really snowball and he was not a carry he was the ultimate I'm going to play karma I'm going to play you know all these kind of supportive mid laners and as they slowly got out of vogue towards the end of the split he really struggled on things like Syndra on Orianna on some of these other control mages Cassiopeia that are still kind of in vogue and he's never really been a, a true assassin player if we've seen uh, you know LeBlanc and again Katarina though I don't think she's going to get played all that much sort of come back to the forefront of, of the meta yeah, no, I, I understand where you're coming from on that. And it's interesting when you compare Lyra to Proxen in terms of the role that they played for the team. Obviously, uh, Proxen died uh, far more often uh, than uh, Lyra was doing over for Africa. But the other thing that makes a pretty big difference, in, in my opinion, is just the consistency with which you saw Lyra getting assists for his teammates. Uh, his assists, he's averaging about 6.28 assists per game. He was much more likely to play champions like Rek'Sai and Gragas, uh, and, and thus was facilitating those solo lane plays, as you were pointing out. And certainly, you know, Mickey was a very aggressive guy, so it was very easy to hand those kills over to Mickey. I'm not sure if Ninja's going to be that guy that you want to no. be focusing nope. all the resources no. into. And, and then, of course, you have the problem with, with Seraph that follows every time you look at him which is that he is the shot caller of the team but when people targeted him he was you know he would take a step back it would feel like the team was disorganized it felt like the you know he wasn't making the individual outplays because he was trying to do too much for his team at once mm-hmm. which of those factors if you look at the two solo lanes that Lyra is going to have to get going if this team is going to succeed 
which solo laner worries you more in terms of how this, you know, potentially could backfire against them? Well, I'm going to tell you, he's going to gank Seraph because if anyone's learned, you need to gank for Seraph if you want him to be your shot caller. Mm -hmm. Maybe Lyra comes in and he's the shot caller and that takes a little pressure off of Seraph, but we've seen Seraph need jungle help. So that falls down to Ninja, and that means Ninja has to be good enough to 1v1 against enemy uh, mid laners, mm -hmm. and I just don't think he's good enough. I just think at the end of the day, he is not good enough to compete with the other mid laners in the region. And we're going to play a little name game. This is, this is one of my favorite games. Okay. Chase. Yeah, let's play it. Would you rather have Keen or Ninja? I would rather have Keen, but I feel really bad about saying those words. Same. Jensen, obviously you want Jensen. Yeah. We'll skip Cloud9 Challenger, but High, I think I want High because he's a better shot caller. Uh, eh. Hui? I want Hui. Nin Look, you don't have. I, I can. We can skip Hold some Belter. levels in this game. The only Period. one I would rather have uh, Ninja over is Golden Glue. Every yeah. other time, I would rather have Ninja, and at least Golden Glue has upside. So you could yeah. talk me out of that one as exactly. well. Exactly. So you're the tenth best mid laner, maybe ninth in North America, and your jungler needs to go top lane ninety percent of the time. Like I, I have so many problems with this pick, and while. I understand he is on another team now. Phoenix. Ninja's taking up an import slot. Get a better version of Ninja in frickin' Phoenix. Yeah. Go get Phoenix. Phoenix would have made so much more sense on this team because not only can he also play those supportive style champions, but he can actually 1v1 the other mid laners in the league. And Ninja can't do that. He's not a ninja. He doesn't stealthily kill his opponent. He is like a big, he is Shed. He is the Shed. He's a terrible ninja. He is shit. Let's put it that way. Yeah. So, yeah, he I, he ultimately worries me. I think he's awful. I don't think he belongs in professional League of Legends, which he's better than me. He could crush me. I, yeah. I guarantee 1v1. Any, I could oh, pick any man. champion on the planet for him, and he I could pick whatever I want for me, and he's going to kill me. But I don't think he belongs in the North American Championship, and I certainly don't think he belongs like to Korea in that regard. No, I mean this is a guy. We he's now spent enough time away from Korea. He, hell, even at the beginning of his career, his Korean peak was at Prime Optimus for like two months, and yeah. then he played on a bad World Elite team for a Just, year, aye, and aye. then some bad Dragon Knights teams that became Arena Online, and then Dragon Knights again. Like we've constantly seen this. He's been on subpar teams, and there's one thread line that's been true on every single team he's been on. And it's that he was the mid laner on all those teams. Like, it's never been... He's never been a guy that's risen above the occasion. He's never overperformed from what we were expecting. And for all the hype that we never. had for forever, like, as soon as he gets his visa stuff sorted out, oh, well, as soon as he gets, you know, a chance to play some of these more mechanically intensive guys. You know what he played whenever he was given the opportunity last split? He played Karma eight times. So much for mechanical prowess there. I, yeah. it honestly, it, it's he's one of the more disappointing players I think from where we projected him to go and all the hype that built when he was, you know, trying to get his visa going to now. I, I mean, I I think the the differences are incredibly clear, and I don't know. I I don't see how this gets better. He doesn't have a particularly large champion pool. Uh, the champions that he does play particularly well uh, are Lissandra, Swain, and Cassidy, all of which have very clear counters. 
And it and none of them are the way this team wants to play because if they're forced to five on five team fight, suddenly you're requiring Hakuo uh, and Apollo to clean up at the back of these fights. This concerns me. Yeah. I am concerned yeah. by that particular sentence. I I, I would not. Uh, that's not something that, as an esports gambling expert, I, I feel good about. <laughs> well, I feel good if I'm betting on the other team. That's you know, free money on that end. But you know. There are fans here of Envious who are listening to this, and they're like, Walter, we need hope. We need we need something. Don't come to me for hope. Is You're there, not going to get hope from me. Well, is there anyone who can overperform? Because you talk about, you know, you're, what determines the season? You wrote, you know, does anyone play above their average play? Do we see someone beat their, the peak that has been established for so long? Is there is there a candidate on this roster that you can point to and say, that guy could change things around. That could be the one that turns this team into a team that seems destined for uh, a very tough split into one that can actually scare some people. No, 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 I, I don't, I don't see part of the problem is where the meta goes. Mm-hmm. So for Seraph to be successful, he has been his most successful when it's AP top lanes, when it's Lissandra's, when it's Cassidy's, when it's Rumble's, when it's champions like that. Not hard carry slip pushers like Fiora. He's not very good at those, but he's good at the Lulus, that kind of stuff. So he's just way too meta dependent and he's way too jungle dependent. Ninja, I've already just spent 10 minutes eviscerating him in his career. We've seen him play forever now and he's never at all proven like, yep, I can take that next step and be a carry. Same thing with Apollo, even going back to Wiz Fusion days, like he has never been good enough to be a primary carry and he's decent he's solid there's a reason he's been able to survive in the lcs as long as he has he is a solid replacement level guy if he's the mendoza line yeah if you're better than apollo you're probably good enough to be in the lcs hakuo unless the support position now becomes the position where you want 80 percent of your damage to come from sorry dude like you're a pretty good tank player you're kind of you know, you're kind of getting this bad rap for being on like mediocre teams. Um, Apollo is not nearly as aggressive as Lot Odds, so you aren't really going to like win laning phase like you used to. So that means like the obvious choice there is Lyra. And sure, the jungle can can influence things. It can get out there. It can gank lanes. It can get you know ahead. But at the same time, junglers typically aren't your primary damage dealers. They typically aren't like your sole tank. Like it's just too meta dependent than to be a carry you need something like like rengar like kindred like hecarums like and then it's just then you have to pick it late enough that the team doesn't have counters to it there are too many variables for me to say lyra if lyra massively overperforms his ceiling he could solo carry this team into the playoffs i'm not comfortable saying that as I would be if i said like a mid laner can do that and i just don't think anyone else on this team Stands a chance. We've seen too much of them. We've seen too much of these players for me to be like, yep, that is the guy that is going to overperform. They aren't. We know what their ceiling is. We know what their floor is. We know what their median baseline is. And they're not going to play outside of those terms. Yeah. Sorry, Envious fans. I just, I got to be truthful here and that it's just not going to happen. Yeah, it's, it's hard for me to talk myself into this team. And this is a team where, you know... It's the off-season, and it should be a realm of endless possibilities. And instead, Envious lock themselves into a roster that seems to have only one endgame, which is maybe they're the sixth-best team if everything bounces the right way. 
you know, if Lyra has the perfect meta for him and other teams struggle, then maybe they sneak back in the way they did. But look at how many things had to go right for them to be in a position where they could afford to go 1-11 in their last 12 and still make the playoffs. That's insane. It's ludicrous that we were at that point. And look, does that take away from the five wins Envious got? No. But when you look historically at teams like Millennium, or, or teams like, uh, God, the old team alternate. Alternate, alternate we, yeah. There's a, a long history of teams doing very well early, having enemies figure them out, and falling off entirely. And the difference here is that I think they did just well enough to trick management into saying, eh, we could roll back some of these guys. And what's really the difference between Laud and Apollo anyway, other than everything? Um, <laughs> so I ask you, Walter, <laughs> taking all of this into account, all the sunshine and happiness that has been felt throughout this podcast. Uh, where do you uh, where do you put them in your final ranking? Staving off relegation. I'm I'm sorry, guys. I think other teams made way better improvements. They you know we're talking about Immortals had improvements. We're talking about uh, Phoenix One had improvements. We're talking about uh, uh, Cloud Nine was kind of a sideways improvement going to contracts. But hey, at least their players have higher ceilings than your players. Dignitas. Massive improvements. Like, they were above Apex, and they were fighting with Apex at the very end of the split to make it in. They won the series that they needed to, and Apex lost the series they needed to. It was the head-to-head matchup. So I, I, I don't see it. I see everyone else is getting better around you, and eh, it yeah. doesn't excite me. I don't see one of your players making some massive improvement going, yep, we're going to save stave off relegation. And Anybody who's in relegation in North America this year has to be very worried because I personally think this is the strongest that the North American Challenger Series has ever looked. Top to bottom, you know, one through five, we haven't seen Trick 2G's team yet. I doubt he's going to pull anything crazy out if we want to believe what the score esports said that roster is going to look like. I think those other five teams are very solid and have the potential to be, you know, bottom tier LCS teams. So I'd be very worried if I'm an an envious fan. And, uh, you know, I think that the boys in blue are going to be back for summer. It's worrying. It's a worrying trend. Yeah, this is not how you wanted this offseason to go if you were envious. I don't know if they just misread what the import market was going to be, or if they really believe that Ninja was worth that spot. That's to me the part that has yet to make sense. I've never had anyone successfully explain to me how that ended up working out. I think this is a team that will be in relegations because I think that if you look at the teams that were below them, the only teams that were worse were uh, Dignitas, formerly Apex, which got significantly better. Phoenix won, which was trending upwards throughout the entire second half of the split, started 0-9 and then did much better down the stretch, and now improved their roster significantly. Envious, you can argue, either maintained or maybe even got slightly worse. Because as good as Lyra might be, Proxen was not the problem with that team. All of the problems with the team, the fact that Seraph can't play when he's being pressured by ganks in the top lane, the fact that Ninja has never been a carry that they need him to be, regardless of what champions they put him on, the fact that Apollo is one of the weakest laners that you're going to find. Like, I don't know what their win condition is. Like, what? So, so if you're going to win a best of three series, that means twice out of three games against any of the teams that we've seen formally announce rosters. You've got to find a way for Lyra to have at least one hard carry game 
And then I guess a game in which either Seraph gets to hard carry or Ninja and Hakuo help them team fight with really utility kind of guys until the 50 to 55 minute mark. Like these are going to be ugly wins. The, the path to victory is very unclear. And, and bring him down in the mud. Yeah, I, I do not like the way this was built at all. But you know what? That's why there are all you lovely listeners out there to, to voice your own opinions on it. Uh, if you want to, if you know, argue with me, you can obviously find me at RedshirtKing on Twitter. Walter, where can the nice people at home find you? As always, you guys can find me at C80s underscore LOL. Awesome. And tomorrow, we're going to talk about the other side of the coin, a team that uh, looked at a, a bad split and rose from the ashes in order to create a team that's uh, very exciting to talk about. So until then... Goodbye, Internet. Hey there, C80s here. Thanks for checking out the podcast. And if you enjoyed today's episode, consider supporting us at www.patreon.com backslash roughdraftspod. For just a dollar a month, you can join your fellow listeners in our patron-only Discord channel and help keep the content coming. Or join our VIP club, where a dollar a show or eight bucks a month gets you first priority on all patron content like our patron-only Q&As. And check us out on all of our social media, Twitter, at RoughDraftsPod, Facebook.com, backslash RoughDraftsPod, SoundCloud.com, backslash EsportsRoughDrafts, as well as on iTunes and YouTube by just searching for the Rough Drafts Podcast. Thanks for listening, and goodbye, Internet.